Hello, everybody, and welcome to With Love J Podcast, a podcast centered on biblical truths and growing in Christ. My name is Jay Agape, and if you are coming back to listen to another message, then I thank you so, so much for your loyal listenership. I tell you that every week because I literally appreciate all of you. And if this is your first time here, then I hope that you'll stick around to the end of this message and get a little spiritual snack. That's what I call it. And um, hopefully hear something that can just prick your mind. I consider myself to be a seed planter. I am not somebody who is going to force anybody to do anything. I don't really care what you decide to do. That is between you and God. I mean, I do care. I do care. I care what you do because I want you to make good decisions. And I want all of us who are striving to walk a good walk with Christ to actually be successful in this walk. So that way, by the end of everything, when Christ comes back, that he can say to you, well done, my good and faithful servant. Here is your crown of life. So I do care. A lot of my listeners actually have come here from TikTok. So Hey, boo, hey. Um, If you follow me, wonderful. If you don't, I would recommend going to watch the second to last video from today, which is titled My Modesty Journey. Um, I did a whole three-minute video, like cried the whole time that I was making it because it was just so touching to go back and look on how radical of a transformation that God has pulled me into when it comes to modesty. Um, But it just shows where I started and where I am now. And I'm telling you, looking back on these photos and like, have you ever had a moment where either Facebook or Snapchat gives you a memory and you're like cringing the whole time because you're like, I can't believe I even used to talk like that. I can't believe like I used to dress like that. I can't believe I said those things. Like what type of mindset was I in? Like I am cringing looking at these memories. So look, just looking back on a lot of the photos and videos that I was putting together in the collage, I was literally cringing the whole time because the way I used to adorn myself, let me just tell you. So I am a plus size woman. I am a big girl, right? And my whole life, I've always considered myself a BBW. BBW stands for Big Beautiful Woman. So my entire young adult life and my adult life, I adorned myself for attention. As 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 a young Jay, Jay, Jay was not that cute, okay? I can just say that. I didn't really know how to dress. I didn't know how to make my hair look nice. I will never forget my first grade. Oh gosh. My first day of high school, right? I'm in ninth grade. My first day of high school, my mother cuts my bangs. Now we're not talking like cute little Chinese bangs that exist today, right? We're talking straight sheer cut across mid midway cro- midway across my forehead tiny 2 inch 
two inch bangs. And then on top of that, my sweet God-fearing mother had the nerve to actually curl the bang. So I go into my first day of high school. (laughs) Oh, this is so cringe to even talk about. I go into my very first day of high school, the, the road paving years into like your entire social life, right? So first day of high school, I walk into the school with bumped bangs. That's what they call it back then when you took the flat iron, you just made it. You made, you bumped it. I don't know what other way to describe it. So I walk into high school with bumped bangs. I had terrible acne. Um, I was on crazy medications back then because my hormones were just out of whack. I was on birth control, not for birth control reasons, but because of my hormones. So I had acne and I, my face was always just oily and I wore glasses, (laughs) Not the cute ones that I wear today, but like some little Coke bottle gold frame glasses and they were crooked. Um, And it was just, it was a hot mess from Hades. Like looking back at at young Jay, I was like, oh, this poor baby. Like she didn't even know. She didn't stand a chance. So um, yeah, I, I, I didn't have a lot of confidence in high school. I didn't. I was extremely smart. When I graduated high school, I graduated in the top 15% of my class. My graduating class had like 468 graduates. And I can't even believe I still remember this. I graduated in the top 60, right? So I was smart. And um, people knew me for my head knowledge. People knew me because I was smart. People wanted to befriend me because I just knew stuff. And it didn't translate very well into the social life. So I struggled to make friends. I had two friends um, in ninth grade. I think I had three by the time I was in 11th grade. And by the time I graduated high school, I had like five people that I considered like, you know, close to me. Um, So I didn't have that, that, uh, you know, girliness or that feminine aspect to who I was back then. So, by the time I had graduated high school, um, I had come into contact with some friends who were not God chasers. Um, these were women who were, well, back then, they were girls who were uh, popular. They kind of knew everybody and they knew everything. So I found myself being attached to them just because they kind of made me feel like I fit in with them and we kind of became a clique. So by the time I graduated high school, and I'm just speeding through my testimony here, like one day I'm going to have to go into detail so you guys can like really have an understanding of what what makes me who I am today. So just kind of speeding through this story, by the time I graduate high school, um, I'm kind of coming into who I am. I'm kind of dabbling a little bit more with, with clothes and fashion. I'm really learning how to dress and looking after the the worldly image, of course, because keep in mind, um, I graduated in 2008. So during this time, and yes, don't, don't even comment on that. Just, just don't. (laughs) I graduated in 2008. So during this time, like mid 2000s, we, we all know what the fashion was like back then, right? Low hugger, 
hip hugger jeans, like, you know, you wore really tank, like, or really the style was like it is today, like tank tops, crop tops, hip hugger jeans, um, really tight tops, like fitting clothing. So back then I'm kind of learning how to dress. I'm learning a little bit more about makeup because my mother was very strict. She never let me wear makeup until I was out of the house. Couldn't have a boyfriend. I'm sorry, not out of the house, out of high school. Couldn't have a boyfriend until I graduated high school. That was the rule for her. So I didn't touch makeup until I was out of high school, literally 18 years old. So at this time, I'm looking after the the social status of the world how makeup was coming into a thing back then, hair was coming into a thing. So I'm literally finding myself. Now I'm 18 years old. I didn't know anything about life or about finding myself. But in that current season of my life, I thought I was finding myself. So I noticed that how I would dress would change how people treated me. And how I wore my hair how I did my makeup, how I even spoke and presented myself was attracting attention. Um, And I liked it. I liked it. It was a good feeling because as a very closed off introverted young girl who did not have social skills, who did not know how to make friends, who did not know how to even approach a boy or speak to a boy at that, the first boy who told me I was cute, oh, you better believe I took it and ran to the bank with it. So I was like, well, if this is what makes people look at me, then I want to do this more. I want to do this every single day. So during this time that I'm a young girl, it's really getting worse. From the time that I was 18 up until the time that God broke the stronghold off of my life, it it it, it became a snowball effect in my life. The makeup became heavier. The hair became more expensive. It got longer. It got, uh, it, it became more of a better quality. Um, and that desire to be seen and to be heard became an addiction. So it wasn't until I was about maybe 25, 27 years old, right after the time that my son is born, that I really started learning how to do makeup, like makeup artist quality. So I'm spending money on makeup every weekend. Now, I'm not talking about cute little compact makeup from the Dollar Tree and the dollar store. Now, I ain't knocking that because... I own some of those items today, okay? But back then, we're talking high quality, name brand, um, major mall status makeup brands like Sephora, MAC, James Charles, um, the Crayon Case, like just to name a few. And I'm spending money every weekend on makeup. Now, not just $10, $20, we're talking hundreds. Because every weekend, there's a new promotion on makeup. So I'm spending money. I'm watching hours and hours of YouTube videos. Like, I consider myself a YouTube university student. (laughs) Whatever I need to know, I go to YouTube. Whatever I need to learn, I go to YouTube. If I need to learn how to change my flat tire, 
I'm on YouTube. If I need to, if I need to learn how to hang my curtains with a drill, I'm on YouTube. So back then I was on YouTube so often and I'm, I'm literally spending all of my free time watching makeup tutorials, watching hair tutorials, learning how to uh, do sew-ins on my hair. And if you don't know what a sew-in is, it's basically where you braid your hair down to your scalp and you take a um, extension and you sew it in with a hook and a needle. So I'm learning how to do these things and I'm getting good. Like I'm good. So I'm doing my own hair. I'm doing my own makeup. I'm getting compliments. People are literally stopping me. Oh my goodness. You are so pretty. And this is what's feeding me, right? It, it was like energy for me. Like I was feeding off of this energy and it got to a point where I didn't know who I was and I didn't like who I was. I didn't accept who I was without any of it. Something as simple as just going to Walmart, just Walmart, just simple grocery shopping. I was in front of my mirror doing my makeup doing my hair. Now I'm not just talking something cute. I'm talking full face beat. Now, if there are any makeup artists who are listening, you know what a full face beat is. So I've got concealer. I've got foundation. I've got 30 millimeter <laughs> eyelashes. I've got contouring heavy on my face. I've got bronzer. I've got highlighter. I've got limp lip plumper. I'm doing my outlining on my lip. I'm doing gloss. I'm doing color. I'm doing everything. I'm filling in. Literally, I shave, I would shave my eyebrows so thin just to fill them back in with a pencil. Because if I did that, I could manipulate the shape of my brow more often. Like this is just makeup artist talk. So I'm sorry if I've lost you. I'm gonna bring it back in. So I'm I'm putting so much effort into how I looked that if someone saw me outside of how they met me, I would get angry. If I wasn't in a position to where I was prepared to be seen, I would get angry. If someone showed up at my door unannounced and my hair wasn't done, my makeup wasn't done, and they saw me, I was angry. Don't look at me. I don't want to be seen right now. Why wouldn't you call me? Don't FaceTime me. I don't want a video chat. I'm not done. Literally, I'm spending so much time on how I looked. And makeup was a stronghold in my life. The way I dressed was a stronghold in my life. The way I even spoke was a stronghold in my life. How I, how I did my hair was a stronghold in my life. And it wasn't really until about a year ago that God sat me down and told me and revealed to me in spirit, the reason you feel this way, Jay, is because of the things that happened in your childhood. There are strongholds in your life that you choose not to acknowledge. And because you choose not to acknowledge them, what do you do? You cover them. I was using makeup to hide the fact that I had abandonment issues in my life. I was using makeup to cover the fact that I was not dealing with 
the rejection that I had gone through all of my life. Rejection from men, never feeling like I was pretty enough, never feeling like I was certainly thin enough, using makeup, hair, and everything else and clothing to make up for the fact that I didn't feel good enough. Like something was lacking in my life and I needed to fill the gaps in on that. And God revealed that to me because the truth is I grew up in a household where saying I love you did not come often. Um, And if you have parents in your life who loved you, cherished you, supported you, and, and just spoke life into you in everything that you've done, you are extremely blessed. But to grow up in a household as a girl, as a daughter, and to not have life spoken into you by your father, the first person who speaks life into you, you are going to create an attachment to that person. And when that person leaves, they leave you broken and they leave you torn. And a lot of the times they leave you bitter. And God revealed to me that this is what was happening. In every single relationship, there was a curse over my relationships. To wherever relationship I entered into, there was no fruit that came from it. There was no godly fruit that came from it because of the spirit that I was bringing. Now that person, of course, they had things that they were dealing with. But because I came into each relationship with the same expectation as the the last, that spirit of rejection, that spirit of abandonment, wondering, are you going to leave me? How long are you going to stay? What do I need to do to keep you? Well, if I can make myself look good, then you won't see that I'm broken. If I can talk well, you won't see that I'm hurting. These are things that a lot of women deal with. Um, And just kind of reading through the comments under the video that I posted on TikTok of my modesty journey, I see that this is also a similar case in a lot of women's life, that they are covering something that they don't like about themselves. They are covering something that they are running from and using their outer adorning to disguise the image of their spirit. Because if I can make my flesh look good, then you won't pay attention to my spirit. So I say all that just to say this, that we're gonna be diving into what modesty looks like as a God-fearing woman, because I have this stronghold as a Christian woman, as someone proclaiming to be a child of God. I think that this needs to be spoken about because as someone who has gone through such a radical transformation, I feel as though God allowed everything, (laughs) everything, everything that hurt me and broke me, he allowed that to happen to bring me to this point to be a teacher to women who maybe don't, who, who don't know, maybe, or who don't understand, or who know, but need that secondhand reassurance like, yes, sis, this, 
let me just talk to you. Let's just uh, put it out there. I want to be that for you. Because the Bible doesn't give us a, a magazine or a flip book of what modesty looks like exactly. So a lot of godly women struggle with finding the boundary, finding the boundaries of modesty, and really tapping into what that looks like, or seeing the scriptures and not knowing how to actually practically apply that to them, to their, to their everyday lives, to how they dress, to how they do their hair, to how they do their makeup, to how they even present themselves, how they walk, how they talk, everything. Modesty is not just about makeup. It's not just about clothing. Modesty is an inner look at the spirit, the inner glance inside of the spirit. It's how you present yourself as a child of God. And this is going to be a layered teaching. So there will be multiple segments on this topic. Um, Come back for the next message. Because in the next few messages, I'm going to be going a little bit deeper into what this actually looks like and what this looks like all around. So what does modesty look like when it comes to clothing? What does modesty look like for gym attire, for the beach, for church? What does modesty look like when it comes to our hair? What does modesty look like when it comes to makeup? What is modesty? Stay tuned. Please come back for the next couple of messages. They're going to be good. And I'll be going a little bit deeper into this topic and really uncovering some of the spirits that are um, linked to immodesty from the world. So thank you for tuning in to part one of this message. I'm your host, Jay Gape from the With Love Jay podcast. And I hope to have you back for part two. See you next time. Bye-bye.